I pray. Amen. Amen. Church family, would you take God's word and join me this morning, not in the book of Matthew, but in the book of Colossians chapter 3 this morning. For today and next Sunday, we're going to step out of, just momentarily, out of our study through Matthew's gospel. And this morning, Colossians chapter 3, the setting is verses 1 to 4. Really, we're just going to focus our hearts and our attention on verses 3 and 4 of Colossians chapter 3. I understand that I am parachuting us into the middle of this beautiful and and rich epistle. So we're just kind of landing in the middle of this thing. So let me see if I can orient us so that we understand our surroundings here in Colossians chapter 3. Paul, writing this epistle to the church at Colossae, is writing because there is a particular false teaching. It, It has become known Uh, throughout the ages as the Colossian heresy, that while it is not exactly clear what this false teaching, this heresy is, it does seem, just and you get this by the reading of Colossians, it does seem to center on something that is being taught that is amiss, uh, that is not true about the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been said that the epistle to the Colossians might be the most Christo-Christ-centered epistle of the Apostle Paul. When, when you read through here, just even a, a casual flipping through the pages, you keep seeing references to he or him or Christ. And and it just becomes very evident that the Apostle Paul is driving at a particular point and an idea here, which is to correct some false and errant teaching about the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, Paul is largely speaking to the reality of who Jesus is. We won't read all of this, but turn back to chapter 1 and just let your eyes fall on verses 13 all the way down to 23. And this is an exercise that you can do at home on your own, in your own personal study of God's Word. But when you can, take a pen or a highlighter, walk through those verses, 13 to 23, and circle or underline how many times you see the pronoun he or him referring to Christ, who he is, and what he has done. In chapter 2, the emphasis is largely uh, moving away from who Christ is, and in chapter 2, striking the reality here of what Christ has done. Uh, Look in chapter 2, verse 13. This is sort of the the central theme of chapter 2, if you will. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So when we think about what is it that Jesus has done, those two or three verses right there are perfectly summing that up for us. And so then, when you turn into chapters 3 and 4 of Colossians, and so often this is the pattern of Paul's writing, chapters 3 and 4 reveal to us the realities of how we should live in light of 
who Christ is, chapter 1, and what Christ has done for us, chapter 2. And so when you look at chapter 3, there might even be a little heading at the beginning of chapter 3 that says something along the lines of putting off the old self and putting on the new self. And chapters 3 and 4 begin to dig deep into our lives to help us live out the glorious realities of who Christ is and what He has done for us. When we come to chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, and and in particular verses 3 and 4 this morning, we come face to face with an aspect of Scripture and with an aspect of our salvation through Christ, an aspect that is so often neglected in many churches, many sermons, Bible studies, and moments of teaching on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that aspect is that of the doctrine of union with Christ. Now all of that seems big and it feels weighty, and I I promise you that one sermon is not enough to begin to mine the depths of what it means that we are in union with Christ. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to take the body's kind of just big toe, if you will, and I want to just dip our big toe just briefly into these waters of What does it mean for you, Christian, to be in union with Christ? And as we think about the Lord's Supper that we will observe together, this has immense ramifications. As you seek to live out what you believe on a daily basis, this has has immense ramifications for us. Moms on Mother's Day, your union with Christ will be one of the most freeing things for you that you begin to understand as you seek to to shepherd those little hearts of your children in your home. This is such a deep and complex and beautiful doctrine. Let me see though if I can just sum up for us, what do we mean? Uh, What is Scripture saying and teaching when it talks about union with Christ? I think it says this. That at salvation, that we are brought into complete unity and oneness with Jesus, and that through Jesus, we receive every possible spiritual blessing to such a degree that our lives become hidden in His, and we then are perfectly loved and accepted by the Father. Now, that is a mouthful, I get it, all right? That, there, there is a lot going on in that statement. But I think as we look at verses 3 and 4 of Colossians chapter 3, we see all of this come to bear, and we begin to see quite immediately and clearly the beautiful and glorious ramifications for our lives. Charles Spurgeon said this, There is no joy in the world like union with Christ. The more we can feel it, the happier we are. A beautiful reality, beloved, if you are in Christ this morning, is that you are completely and totally bound to Him and through Him completely and totally loved and accepted by the Father, not because of what you have done, 
but because of who Christ is and what He has done. And so in these two verses, I want us to think particularly this morning about four truths regarding our union with Christ. So just four truths just to get us thinking about this and to see the glories of the text before us. Four truths regarding our union with Christ. Pick up the text with me. Colossians 3, start in verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For, here's why, because you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears or is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. For truths about our union with Christ. Number one, number one at the beginning of verse three, our union with Christ means that we have died to sin and self. Our union with Christ, what does that practically mean for us? Why does this matter? It means that we have died to sin and self. How does verse three begin? For you have died. Salvation is described as a death to self that then fully identifies us with the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on His cross. Look at the language in verse 3, and then let your eyes just float back up to verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ. Salvation here in these three or four verses is described as a death that fully identifies with the death of Christ, verse 3, but then also a, a resurrection to a new kind of life that fully identifies us with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 3, you, Christian, church, you have died. A a, a past action that occurred at the moment of your salvation. Salvation begins the moment when control over our own life ends. This is the point that Paul's making here. At salvation, you died to sin and to self. And what began in that moment was the rule and the good reign of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Let's let Scripture explain that for us. Turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to pick up the text in verse 14. So you have died. This is talking about, not obviously, not a physical death. It's not even referring to the spiritual death that sin causes in us. It is talking about that at salvation, if we have been united to Christ in His death, then what that's going to mean for me is that the control over my life, that that comes to an end and it comes under the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. 
For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that, watch it, they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. To be in union with Christ means that we have died to our sin. We no longer live for it. We no longer have great passions for it. We want to live our life in such a way that honors the Lord Jesus Christ, that follows Him in obedience to His Word because we understand that what salvation means in 2 Corinthians 5.15 is that we no longer live for ourselves. Being a Christian is not just a title that we bear. It becomes the very essence and nature of who we are. That we are brought into this union with the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning that we have died to self. You remember Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I have been what? I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, what? It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Salvation is a dying to self. It is a union with the Lord Jesus Christ whereby we give up control of our lives. We give up all other efforts to make ourselves right with God. And we come to Christ. We sang together this morning, I will arise and go to Jesus because He alone is our Savior. So we come to Him committing ourselves to Him, to live for Him, to die to ourself. God's grace in salvation, it brings us into full identification with Jesus' own death and resurrection, and therefore brings us into a perfect union with the Lord Jesus Christ. But secondly, secondly, our union with Christ, and beloved, it just keeps getting better, all right? Our union with Christ means that our life is hidden with Christ. So we just sang together, and I wanted this to be sort of the final refrain that we, that we sang together before the sermon. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. And I wanted that to be the refrain in our ears because our union with Christ at the second half of verse 3 means that our life is hidden with Christ. For you have died, and now what? Your life is hidden with Christ in God. The word hidden there, you, you know what that means. It means to be concealed. It means to be covered and to be hidden 
or concealed. And here we come to one of the most glorious realities of what it means to be in union with the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what this means for you, church. That when God looks at you, the God whose eyes roam the whole earth, the God of eyes of fire and Revelation 1 that burns through all the chaff and all the mask that we put up for ourselves. When God looks at you, what does He see, Christian? When God looks at you, He sees you fully and completely wrapped up in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. When God looks at you, what He sees is that Isaiah 61 and verse 10, garment of salvation and robe of righteousness. Christian, when God looks at you, He no longer sees your sin, but He sees the forgiving, cleansing blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, that has completely and totally hidden you so that you are, at the end of verse 3, safe in the Son and the Father. This is what it means to be in union with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is so breathtakingly shown for us in the Passover of Exodus 12. You remember that moment. Coming at midnight, God says, is the final judgment, the final plague upon Egypt. At midnight, the destroyer, the death angel, is coming. Everybody's guilty. But God does what for His people? He provides them a way to be hidden, doesn't He? So that when the death angel comes, He will then pass over and not destroy. And what is it that hides the people of God? It's the blood of the Lamb, is it not? And beloved, for you, what it means to be in union with Christ is that on the day Scripture describes as the final and coming judgment of the righteous Lord Jesus Christ, that on that day, you are now and you will be then fully hidden in the blood of the Lamb. And as a result, judgment will pass over you once again, O child of God. Your life is hidden and you are safe in Christ. There is no safety outside of Him. You must come to Him. Thirdly, third truth regarding our union with Christ. I'm telling you, it just keeps getting better. Our union with Christ means that our life is Christ. That wording may sound a a bit odd in our ears. Hang with me. Our union with Christ means that our life, it it is Christ. Look in verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. The actual Greek text makes this a little more plain and helpful for us because in the Greek, there is no verb there, who is. So it it just reads this, when Christ our life. 
is revealed. It is not merely, church, that Jesus gives us life. He does that. He does that. But it's not merely that. It doesn't stop there. It's that ongoing, from the moment of our salvation forward, it's not merely that He gave us life and then has somehow walked away from us. No, we are in union with Him and He is our life. We're in such union with Christ that my life is His life. Galatians 2.20, again, it is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. Beloved, the sum total of our existence is Christ. Our lives are now lived for Christ. And hear me on this. Your identity, Christian, is now Christ. Friend, if you can get this, this is going to radically change your relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Your identity, and I I just want you to let this marinate in your soul for a second. That your identity is Christ. Your identity is not your job. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not the amount of money in your account. Your, ministry, your, your, your identity with Christ is not your ministry. It's not your platform. And your identity in Christ is not even your reputation. Hear me on this. Your identity in Christ is not your physical appearance or what others think about your physical appearance. Moms, your identity is not your children. Your identity is not your children's good behavior. Your identity, moms, is not a clean house. Moms, your identity is not an Instagram-worthy meal on the table every evening. Your identity, moms, is Christ. That's your identity. So stop finding your identity in everything but Jesus. All that other stuff did not die for you, cannot save you, and does not make you more acceptable to God. Only Jesus can do that, and your life is Him. It's Him. Moms, the very best gift I can give you today is to remind you that your identity is Christ. Christ is your life. Church, do you see the stunning reality and the application of what it means to be in union with Christ in this text? Do you know how freeing this is? I want you to get it. Because this means some stuff for you. It means that you no longer have to work yourself to exhaustion to be whatever it is that you think you're supposed to be. Now, we're not, being, we're not calling one another to spiritual laziness, nothing like that. But I think you know what I'm talking about. Because I, know, I think you know the exhaustion that sets up in your own soul 
as you work yourself to the bone trying to be whatever it is that you think you ought to be or that whatever it is that others have told you that you ought to be. You no longer have to work yourself to exhaustion to look how you think you are supposed to look, to have whatever you think you are supposed to have. And by the way, let me remind you of this. Because you are in union with Christ and because your life is Christ, there is now nothing that you can do. There is not a single thing that you or I can do that's going to make God love me more than He does right now in His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you are working yourself to the bone, thinking that somehow that's going to merit more love from God, beloved, God has already demonstrated His love for you. In that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't get any better than that. And there is nothing that you need to do. There's no identity in which you need to find yourself so that you can merit more love from God. He'll never love you more than He does right now in this moment. That's what it means to be in union with Christ. Hey, so everybody, rest. Exhale. Christ is your life. But it just keeps getting better. Because fourthly, union with Christ means that we will live with Him for all eternity. We will see Him. We will know Him. We will be like Him for all eternity. How does the text end? Verse 4. When Christ who is our life is revealed, that's language of second coming, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. I I love this. Verse 3, you have died and your life is what? It's hidden with Christ. But do you know that what Christ intends is that one day He's going to show off His bride. He's going to reveal His bride. When you step into glory with Him, you will bear the same glory of the One who loved you and gave gave Himself for you. Because Christ is our life, when He comes again, we will be with Him in glory. We do not get to glory apart from Christ, and there is no blood-bought child of God who gets left behind. All of us are revealed with Him in glory. We are in such union with Christ that there is nothing that can separate us from Him, and He will not establish His eternal rule and reign without us. Because Christ is coming again, because we are in union with Him, you, dear saint, will be revealed with Him. There is almost a sense, there's almost a sense 
where when it is time for Christ to come again, he looks at his father and says, I don't want to go into glory without my blood-bought people. I'm bringing them with me. And they will be eternally with me and revealed in glory because of Christ. Union with Christ means that we have died to sin and to self. Have you done that this morning? You come to the end of self and come to Christ and Christ alone for your salvation. It means that we are hidden with Christ. We're safe. It means that He is our life. He becomes the very sum total of our identity. Don't find your identity in anything else but Christ. Because listen, one day you're going to go to glory with Christ and all that other stuff is just not going to matter. Like God is not going to be impressed with our Instagram post when we get to heaven, right? Like He's not going to care how many Instagram-worthy pictures got liked in our lifetime. He's going to care about, are you in my son, Christ? That's all that will matter in that moment as we prepare to come before the lord's table this morning beloved you're in union with christ let's glory in that as we continue to worship together this morning would you pray with me father we love you and we thank you for this indescribable gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we have already heard, it's not a gift that we have earned. It wouldn't be a gift. We didn't unlock the, the, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ for ourselves because we got more right than wrong. Probably the beauty of, of this is God, that it is a work of grace wrought in your heart of love which has brought us into this perfect union with Christ. So Lord, as we prepare to observe this glorious ordinance of the Lord's Supper this morning, to take into our hands that which calls us to remember the body and blood of the Lord. God, help us to begin to understand what it means to be in union with Christ. And Lord, that this would be a moment of giving thanks for what You have done for us. God, we pray, O Lord, that You would again God, draw the one to Yourself who doesn't know Christ as Savior. We love you, God, and we pray this. It's a great name. Amen. Amen.